Kia ora, culture everyone. Welcome to Queenstown Live podcast. Um, I've got a little bit of a cold, but that's all right. Sun's shining here in Queenstown. Um, I'm here with the lovely Kirsty James, who is a New Zealand track cyclist living in Cambridge. Harimai, welcome. Thanks heaps for having me. You are totally welcome. Um, I was reading a little bit about you the other week and I was like, I'm going to ask her. I'm going to get her on. She's just bought a puppy. <laughs> How's the puppy going? How old is it now? She's six months old and we bought her the day before lockdown as our panic buy <laughs> instead of toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's all good. I bought stacks of wine, you bought a puppy. So, you know, priorities. <laughs> I love it. Totally love it. So um, how was lockdown for you? Like being a professional cyclist, how, how was that? I guess personally, I found the start of it really challenging, just a lot of unknown not only for the Olympics, but a lot of other life stuff that I had planned, I guess, was very suddenly all up in the air and I had no idea what the future would hold. Yeah. So I found the first few weeks really hard. I struggled for the first time in my career, really, with motivation and just found it really hard to keep training. So I just backed off a little bit for a couple of weeks, just tried to get through what I could and took the pressure off a bit and then started to talk with a few different people like my psychologist and some friends about kind of uh, reassessing the situation and just, um, yeah, just getting through the lockdown and then focusing on what's to come after that. Yeah, because motivation is an interesting thing, right? Because you've, you've got this goal that's the Olympics, that's your biggest goal, and then how does motivation manifest itself for you? Does it, is it like a little voice that says, I can't be bothered and I'm just not going to? Or is it a body thing? Or is it all of the above? Well, I guess, yeah, like I've been an athlete for maybe 12 years and training full time for about the same amount of time. And I've never struggled with motivation. And I mean that in a way, like sometimes if it's pouring with rain and I've got a five hour ride, I'm like a little hesitant to get out the door but I can still can still do it yeah whereas this time like my whole body felt drained I felt really fatigued I was sure that my iron was low and it wasn't and um yeah just it was definitely a very physical fatigue I just didn't have the energy to um complete the training sessions that my coach was prescribing yeah and I wasn't just a little bit off either I was way off yeah and so who who do you go to who's your person or your thing that you go to when you need a little bit of a you know bit of a boost certainly my husband's number one um yeah, yeah he's definitely the best person to talk to and my biggest supporter so I'm so lucky to have him and then also my family friends and we've got a really awesome support team with high performance sport New Zealand with psychologists and um, they've got a team called athlete life advisors who can assist with like studying plans or getting a job or uh, things outside of sport. So I guess um, I felt really blessed to be so well supported. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going to, what's, what's the, what worldwide pandemic world, world on fire. Um, the, what's going on with the Olympics, man? What is going on with the Olympics? Well, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of speculation, I guess. Oh, yeah, but, always. Um, it 
was it was a relief to hear that the Olympics had been postponed because by the time they postponed it, we'd already spent a couple of weeks wondering like we're preparing for a pinnacle event and we're going all in and we're not even sure if it's going to go ahead. So I guess when we got confirmation of a postponement, that was a massive relief. Um, it was also really hard because I had, like I said, a lot of other things that I was planning to do right after the Olympics that were going to all be changed as well. But I guess having some kind of date was reassuring in terms of whether it will or will not go ahead next year all all of us are hopeful i think it would bring a lot of um joy to the world to have an olympics but um at the same time a year ago no one could have predicted what's happened this year so who knows and you're right we we like that whole thing about hope right is such a huge um especially now, even those little, little pockets of hope that we find all over the place um, are like those things that we cling to. Um, And the Olympics for people, even the people who aren't in it, it's, it's a massive part of their lives. Right. You know, I've, I've seen online these people who are completely obsessed with it, like completely obsessed. Mm -hmm. And it's just this thing that just kept rolling. And then this is like, I love it. Unprecedented is as, I never ever want to hear that word ever again. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, a, it's crazy times, right? Totally crazy times. Yeah, I think so too. Um, none of us could have anticipated what this year would bring. And I know it's been the most challenging year for many of my friends and small business owners and um, people losing their jobs. And I guess like for us as athletes and my team at least, um, we decided that whether the Olympics is going to go ahead or not, we're going all in and we're going to 100% commit to that journey. And by the time we came out of lockdown, I had time to process it. And I thought, even if the Olympics is cancelled, I still want to do a journey in the next year that I'll look back on and be proud of. Yeah. And so you can't prepare for the Olympics half-hearted or even 80 or 90%. It's, there's no you might as well just do something else. Yeah, 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 totally. (laughs) As a team, we want to look back and even if the Olympics doesn't go ahead, look back on our journey and be proud that we committed to something with all our hearts, even if we don't get the outcome we wanted. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the Olympics is so important, but it's also just a bike race. And if if that one thing is what defines you, then I think you've got your priorities and identity mixed up yeah um it was interesting because i watched have you seen i don't know if you've seen athlete a on netflix uh have heard about it so it's uh, uh, you know it's about the usa olympic um well the gymnastics team and the scandal and the oh just awful history of abuse amongst it but that whole thing about it like that one event for people's 15 year career you know like that's the the one thing and at some point that people were like what that one like that's it and then what after that's gone is that's it your life's done your life's not done there's so many other things there's so many things going on and this one girl who was known as athlete a she talked about moving from being in that culture to moving into a really healthy wonderfully supportive culture of, of still gymnastics but the difference you know 
you're a person, you're a, you found this love of the thing that you love, but it's just not, it's not everything about who you are. Um, yeah. That shift for her was just incredible. Yeah. And I think as well, like when you're so focused on one event and it's all consuming, like people are more willing to take shortcuts or try um, short term strategies and end up having a really short career yeah. because I mean, we're only training between like three and six hours a day and who are you for the rest of the day is really important. And so being grounded in things outside of sport and having that perspective that it's actually just a bike race. Yeah. Then um, it makes it, yeah, I guess easier to be motivated for something when you know yeah. that it, yeah, it yeah. might not be anyway. It's yeah. not just it's not just a four minute bike race that we're trying to achieve and it's who we are as people in the journey yeah. and yeah. impact make on the the people around us that's really fuels the fire I guess I imagine you for the rest of the day stalking around in your New Zealand cycling kit just like walking around <laughs> being cool <laughs> I don't know if cycling's cool, like... Well, it is to me. See, I'm a, I'm a massive cyclist. Like, I love cycling. And, and I, I wanted to ask you, actually, where that love came from. But I didn't discover cycling. I mean, I cycled... I had a bike when I was little for years, like, obsessed with it, never not on it. And then I had a gap where it completely was out of my life and I discovered, like, smoking. So that was not helpful. Um, and then in my early 20s, went out my boyfriend was a massive cyclist in the UK like cycle not professionally but kind of up there and um and I discovered this I was like why have I left you my love <laughs> you know so where where did your where did your think where did that come from well I guess um as a kid I always dreamed of going to the Olympics and when I was a lot younger I used to work on a horse trekking farm and I just dreamed of going to the Olympics as an equestrian. Yeah. I just thought that would be the coolest thing ever and that was just the greatest possible thing I could do with my life. And then my parents were kind of like, It's too expensive, can you get another dream? <laughs> <laughs> she so, picked the most expensive sport ever. Yeah, and we we lived in Auckland and they, we didn't have a paddock and they were like, We can you pick a sport where we don't have to feed a huge animal? <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess that's reasonable. So yeah, I tried lots of sports. I ended up rowing for many years and kind of came to a few dead ends and had some sports scientists do some testing and suggest that I try track cycling, which I, I didn't know that much about at the time, but I felt like I didn't have that many options in rowing anyway. So I gave it a crack and ended up, Loving it, doing really well in my first season, and then um, being carded shortly after. So yeah, it was a good choice. And I love cycling. I think it's such a cool sport. It's so inclusive, and there's an event for everyone. It's a really awesome sport to be a part of. It's and a cool way to get around. Yeah, and I was going to ask you actually about that whole culture of cycling because to me it was always very um especially in the uk it was quite elitist right you, there was a lot of boys who did it and you were if you weren't a boy you weren't uh, whatever but and and i got on a i tried track once and slid from that top bit all the way down to the end of it and then laughed a lot and everyone laughed and it was like oh that's really funny and i was like what, is, what even is this crazy thing like what oh, i'm just gonna go outside <laughs> That's crazy the velodrome's crazy i remember the first 
time riding around there and they said just you need to go fast enough so that you don't slip off and I was so scared of slipping off I just went so fast and then I didn't know how to get off the track I was yeah. like I have to slow down to get off the track and I don't think I can slow down so I just rode around and around <laughs> being exhausted <laughs> and, eventually and they left you in there all night just going round and round <laughs> so tired I love it I totally love it um and then you won female track cyclist of the year that was was that last year yeah incredible thank you absolutely incredible so and and i want i mean just to touch on the your endometriosis story like Mm -hmm. crazy segue but um how did that was that a i don't even want to say positive experience but actually from you going from somebody saying this is what it is were you were you like in the dark for a long time because it is still whenever i hear the stories of women who talk about it they're they're filled with frustration of what like one not being not i don't mean not necessarily being believed but just that whole thing of why why did i not know what this was for so long yeah and like i'm really glad that you touched on that topic because i think it's so important to get the word out about endometriosis i've um written my whole story on it um and a blog on my website which yeah, I think I is that. awesome but um so I would say if people are keen to like know the whole story to read that but briefly I was completely in the dark and probably the most important experience that I had with endo is I woke up from surgery in like almost a state of panic because I wanted to like pull up my gown to see how many scars that I had or how many incisions there were because I knew if I had just had one, it would have been an exploratory surgery and they wouldn't have found anything. But I knew if there was four that there would have been something there that they had to remove. And when I saw four incisions, I remember feeling so relieved, like, thank goodness I'm not crazy. There's actually something that they've found and now I can get better. Yeah. Yeah, it was... It was really life-changing because I was so crippled by the pain and fatigue that I was experiencing, but I also just normalized it. I thought, oh, well, like, I'm an athlete. I can deal with pain. I'll just keep trucking on, and I would do, like, a 100K race where I was in agony the whole way and think, like, oh, this is normal, right? Like, everyone's probably feeling this every now and then, Yeah. and um, it really impacted my training, and I didn't know until after where I managed like consistent training blocks and I would perform well like no matter what day of the month it was and I found like after that surgery in early 2016 I just went from strength to strength and so winning something like track cyclist of the year was so rewarding because um, I don't think I would have ever got there if I hadn't had that surgery and so who was the person, so if you're saying to other humans, go and see somebody, if this is, what, what, who is the person that needs to listen to them? Who's the person that presses play on that stuff? And, um, yeah, I would hope most GPs these yeah. days be educated, but unfortunately people, like the average time to diagnosis in New Zealand for women is like seven to 10 years and about the same number of physicians. So women are going from person to person to person to try and get answers and just being told things like I was like, no, it's just normal. Like, you're fine. This is what you should expect. And I thought like, I can't believe I have to live like this. This is so challenging and I'm so fatigued from it. Like 
being in constant pain is really tiring on your nervous system. And when you're trying to train full time, like this last thing you need is more fatigue, I guess. So I would say push to see a specialist, push to see, you can see a lot of gynecologists without even having a referral. So go to a reputable gynecology clinic and see someone even, yeah, like as soon as you can, I would say try and push to get answers. And go on your gut, right? I'm constantly talking to other women about friends and other women that I meet that whole thing about gut instincts, you know your body, you, you know when something's not right. So that thing of somebody saying, no, no, no. It's like, no, no, actually, I believe in the feeling that I'm feeling. <laughs> I want to find somebody who can either explain what that is or find out what it is or actually just have that conversation about what I'm feeling about this thing. Yeah, I think as well, like a turning point for me, I remember like making something in the kitchen with my um, husband and I just like fell to the floor in pain and he was like, that's not normal. No. And I was like, no, I'm fine. Like apparently I've been told by professional like medical professionals that this is normal and that it's fine and I believe them and when he said to me like that's not normal like you need to sort this out I was like oh like maybe it's not normal I guess it kind of validated to me that I don't like that's not okay yeah absolutely absolutely. in pain (laughs) and we need why do we as humans always need permission right this the whole permission thing comes up lots lots i write it down lots because it's like oh somebody said to me yeah that's all right it's like we constantly need permission by other people to go oh yeah it's okay it's like we don't have this inner why don't we listen to this inner thing in us that just goes no yeah it's like validation it's really important to validated and to feel that what you're experiencing is true and real and that your experience is relevant and valid and you don't have to compare that to anyone else for it to be validated totally absolutely and I'm so glad you are you know you you, that journey for you got somewhere that was helpful Mm. really awesome um okay um so we always end on a quick fire are you ready yep (laughs) okay uh favorite new zealand biscuit it's it's highbrow i told you it's highbrow um maybe a ginger nut oh god you see i knew you were gonna say that and i cannot stand (laughs) ginger nuts and now that everybody who listens to this is gonna laugh (laughs) because i'm always like ginger nut it's the worst maybe maybe a digestive with chocolate (laughs) That's also a really good one. I love it. Um, what brings you joy? Uh, people. I'm definitely a quality time person. Amazing. Um, Vegemite or Marmite? Marmite. Yes. Uh, one, <laughs> one album you'd listen to for the rest of your life? Oh, um, oh, this takes me back a few years, but probably... A Reliant K album, not a super popular band, but man, I was into it for I years. It. I love it. Um, one thing you want to learn? Um, maybe get better at a few languages. Oh God, so much. Um, <laughs> hot bath or hot shower? Hot bath. Uh, Favourite place to sit? Um outside in the sun yeah good one 
Um, and what do you do well apart from what you do? You can't use that one. Um, I am studying to be a psychologist, so I, I'm doing my master's. Yeah. Amazing. Well done you. Well, Kirsty, thank you so much. And go, tell us what you're going to go and do right now. I'm going to go and visit a friend and um, her baby. Put the kettle on, have some biscuits, not ginger nuts. If you turned up at my house with ginger nuts, I'd send you away. <laughs> if I turned up to your house, I'd probably bring something homemade. Oh, well, there you go. You'll be allowed in. Um, thank you so much. And we will chat very soon. Thank you.